0: Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by
1: the ghost of good movie trailers. Remember when previews didn't ruin the movie? Let's dim the lights and start the show. Welcome to The Pestle, everybody. Today's show is sponsored by Glenn McKenna, the finest single malt scotch whiskey money can buy. Smoky with a Scent of Heater. Drink, Glenn McKenna. A Scent of Heater. A Scent of Heater. <laughs> a hint of Cedar. <laughs> it's a good start to this episode. I appreciate it. Yeah. Welcome to The Pestle. My name is Wes. And I'm Todd. And this is the show where we like to discuss movies in a lot of ways. Not only do we like to talk about whether or not we like it, but we try to look for a little deeper insights to maybe glean some knowledge about filmmaking. And uh, that intro
0: is actually very apropos, right? Because (laughs) we hate spoilers. We hate spoilers. And if you are like us, then stop the show at this moment and go watch Rogue One, a Star Wars story, Uh, and then come back to this, please, Uh, because we want to talk to you.
1: Absolutely. So today we're going over Rogue One, and there's a lot of things we're going to talk about, but I think... We'll definitely be discussing the cinematography, uh, the effects, not only the CGI, the visual effects, but also some of the set design and costuming. Uh, we'll also touch on uh, war and how it's depicted in this film, and uh, quite a bit more. So, Yeah. Yeah. There's
0: a, there's a lot going on with, with <laughs> really the Star Wars saga in general, but uh, in particular with this one that just, it's it's so well done it just really touched touched me every time i saw it i've seen it like five six times yeah same here yeah Uh, let's see all right we'll give you a little synopsis here so the rebel alliance makes a risky move to steal the plans for the death star setting up the epic saga to follow that we all know and love it's directed by gareth edwards written by chris weitz and tony gilroy and it's starring the lovely Felicity Jones as Jin Erso, uh Diego Luna as Cassian, Ben Mendelsohn as Orson Krenick, Riz Ahmed as Bodhi Rook, Mads Mikkelsen as Galen Urso, and it's also starring Alan Tudyk, Jimmy Smits, Forrest Whitaker, Donnie Yen, uh, Donnie Yen, he's awesome, and Wen Yan. I'm sure I butchered a few of those, but...
1: There's forgiveness in the halls of the Pestle. Thank you.
0: You lied to me. You're in shock. You went up there to kill my father. You don't know what you're talking about. Deny it. You're in shock and looking for some place to put it. I've seen it before. I bet you have. They know. You lied about why we came here, and you lied about why you went up alone. (sighs) I had every chance to pull the trigger. But did I? Did I?
1: You might as well have. My father was living proof and you put him at risk. That's what Alliance bombs that killed him. I had orders.
0: Orders that I disobeyed. But you wouldn't understand
1: that. Orders?
0: When you know they're wrong? You might as well be a stormtrooper.
1: What do you know? We don't all have the luxury of deciding when and where we want to care about something. (sighs) Suddenly the rebellion is real for you. Some of us live it. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. You're not
0: the only one who lost everything. Some of us just decided to do something about it can't talk your way around this. I don't have to.
1: You have not Great. But, yeah. Diego Luna is amazing, but you know what actually you really like about that specific spot that we just ended at is they're sitting in the, uh, in the hangar of the ship uh, or whatever you want to call that the bay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, boz leans back against the uh the, the cargo oh yeah <laughs> yeah the door, the door. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's really cool because I, there's so many sets that aren't practically built and you can't realistically interact with it and that seems like just a very real way to interact with yeah uh, a soldier interacting with you know a ship or a transport system yeah uh you're gonna lean on it you're tired
0: it's so funny so that because i noticed that too the last only the last time i saw it i noticed that and i thought that was pretty cool really cool and i love that i love that scene if we could talk about this for the scene for just a second it's so war is such a it's a polarizing topic right and Nobody supports war, even, even, you know, the soldiers and, and the generals that go to war, like nobody wants to go to, well, theoretically, maybe maybe a few people do, but, um, for the most part, nobody really wants to go to war. Uh, but there are these, there are these men and women that choose every day to, to go out and fight the good fight and, you know, for our freedom. Right. And, but and in order to do that, there needs to be some kind of uh there needs to be some kind of um uh, how do, how do you say it just like baseline of of this woman or man is my superior, and I have to do what they say because if i don't people will will die yeah right? chain, that's, of that's command. chain of command and so you know especially if you're brought up in war since you're you know like he was 6 years old you know you you just it's ingrained in you it's part of your psyche to just follow orders so for him to disobey orders is such a big deal mm. it, it it's i i mean he absolutely wins this argument
1: that's a really interesting point because that has been his world um but it's also been hers right because but on the flip side she right. has been a a rebellious type of soldier her whole life. She's always been on the outskirts uh, trying not to get caught or um, self preservation really kicking in because of the circumstances that, you know, she was brought into the world. Her father was a brilliant engineer um, who was being tasked with really terrible things and he could only protect her for so long. And so at a certain point she had to start making decisions that benefited her Mm-hmm. Um, and along in that process, she kind of lost sight or just wasn't as concerned with the bigger picture right. because to her, everyone was the same.
0: Right. Yeah. She wasn't seeing where he was coming from. Right. Like, he, she wasn't seeing his past, which was you, you obey, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just that you do not disobey orders. And, and he correct, he corrected her. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty forcefully, and I, I'm glad that he did. And, and it was so, it was so good because the writing here is so really well done. Because, um, you know, you th- you think so. He's winning with his argument of oh, I've been in this fight since I was six years old, and um, then she comes back with the you can't fight, you can't talk your way out of this, and you think it might be over at that, and that's that would be super lame if that was okay. like the way it ended. But then him coming back and saying I don't have to. Yeah, he absolutely, like, destroys the whole conversation. Is like, I didn't kill your father, and because of that, you know, I could I could be court-martialed, or I could be in trouble, and and I've dis- just destroyed everything that I've you yeah. know lived for
1: since I was six years old. I don't have to give an accounting to you. Exactly. Who are you? Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting too. Uh, just on the topic of war and involvement, that her perspective changed the minute it affected her in the most direct way. Right. She lost her father. I mean, she lost her mother, you know, as a kid. Um, but now she saw the direct effect of the empire spreading its tyranny and its worldview. And it was only until that point where she's like, okay, now it's, it's really time to do something now. Right. And it was at that point that she had information and really launched the whole next section, the phase of the movie where she is a part of the plan, right, and the rebellion itself isn't going to stop her from from achieving her goals. yeah yeah, and, and it all stems from I guess the principle i don't know if there is a principle really behind it, but uh, the idea that if you have skin in the game, if you've lost, then your perspective can change. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, not
0: to get you know super current, but mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in the world that does not affect us. And so, you know, we, we sit here a little isolated, um, with, you know, friends on either side of us, uh, North of us and South of us. Uh, and, um, and we just kind of are a, a, a little oblivious at times, you know, because we do, we don't, you know, see firsthand. We like, we're not, we're not affected firsthand by stuff going on outside of this country all the time, but those that are, Mm-hmm. Whether they go are going to war or they're visiting overseas and something happens or whatever,
1: it's very real to them. Absolutely. And I think this film actually symbolic, symbolically touches on that yeah. uh, when they're on Jeddah, which is where Saul Guerrera, Guerrera yeah. um, is hiding out. Uh-huh. That whole first contact with the Empire feels like it's very symbolic of... Of maybe the situation in the Middle East, oh yeah, um, you have the sandy planet, you know that the empire quote unquote is in control of, um the clothing of the planets' rebels are very middle eastern mm-hmm. uh they're they're in their cloaks and uh, their head wraps um, i wouldn 't say there's a any turbans in there, but it's, it 's a very well reflects life in you know a, de- a desert area right. uh, which is very reminiscent of our current day yeah. and historical middle east and so i feel like they are touching on it on a, they don't go so far as to make direct implications because in that scenario we are the empire uh, exactly <laughs> america I know. I is know, the right. empire um, and we're going to try to stay away from you know yeah getting too deep in the political zone. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting and it felt like it was really standing out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're just talking about messages yeah, that I absolutely. think that it's talking about mm-hmm. that, that are pretty, that I think anybody would see.
1: Yeah. We're not passing judgment, even though I think we both certainly have a lot of opinions about it all. For sure. Um, but it's a, but stepping back for a moment, what was your takeaway walking out of this movie the first time?
0: I, <laughs> It's the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Out of all of them, out of every single one of them. I mean, you know, Return of the Jedi is pretty up there. Sure. Um, yeah. But I, I just, I, I, I identify with all the characters in this film, even the pilot, like, um, uh, and it's, it's so well edited and the music goes with it so perfectly. Like in that scene, there's no music until the end of it. And they they just let it breathe. They let that moment breathe as long as they can. And I I love that. And you know some of the older the older Star Wars they don't do that. They just rely pretty heavily on music, and that's fine. That's totally fine. I'm not I'm not knocking. Especially it. when you have John Williams yeah. doing the music. Yeah, <laughs> if John Williams is writing your music. You're pretty yeah. much going to have a score of the entire yeah. <laughs> movie, um, and that that would be totally fine. It, it just the the editing and the, the pace of the film, and then at the 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 ending, the way that it all comes together and ties into what you know is going to be the first, you know, episode four, is just it, it's so seamless and and wonderful. And them not living at the end, them dying at the end, and then and then seeing Leia. It, it, and then sorry, I'm just kind of scatterbrained yeah. a little bit because I'm so I get so excited when I talk <laughs> about it. But uh uh and and the po- seeing the power of Darth Vader finally. Mm. I th- I feel like in every single movie you see just like little pieces of I mean, even the original ones, just little pieces of his power. You don't this is the strongest you ever see Darth Vader
1: is in these thirty seconds. And it's interesting because they didn't do any, they didn't give me any powers that he never demonstrates in the original three. Exactly. Like I have appreciated that the last, the most recent star Wars movies have kind of just ignored uh, the the prequels for the nightmare that they are. But here you're exactly right. Like I don't feel like I've ever seen Vader more powerful or more uh, hell bent on getting his way um, and mowing all those people down. That moment is just, it's gloriously unsettling, right? Oh, totally. Because it's pitch black and then suddenly, you know, the red saber beams on and uh, game on. Everyone gets absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And you are terrified of Vader in a way that I haven't been in since I was a kid. Yeah. And, and uh,
0: let's just talk a second about how. I've seen this movie five or six times and every time I'm like just hand the th- hand the yeah, thing right. through the door right. just hand it through the door right now stop looking at Vader and hand it through the door to somebody and get it to Leia go go I'm just yeah. I'm screaming I'm in my head I'm screaming like like do it do it Same here. And every every time every you know every time
1: I'm like is he going to freaking? is make it going it? to work is it going to work How is this going to happen
0: again? Yeah and that it is is what why I speak to the editing of it because I feel like that that whole entire ending fight scene. I feel like that, like like oh, how are they how are they going to get into this place with all of these stormtroopers everywhere? How are they going to get that 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 hard drive out of there? How are they going to you know get up mm-hmm. to the top? Like uh, how are they going to get off the planet? Oh, they don't. You know, like yeah. like uh, all of these things. And that it all just kind of seamlessly comes together without you realizing how it it does, and so watching it over and over is joyful and like like fulfilling every single time. It's really well done.
1: No, absolutely. Um, it's funny. I mean, my favorite growing up was Return of the Jedi. Uh, I think when I got older, it finally became like everyone else's uh, Empire. But I haven't watched them recently enough to be really confident in any of that for sure but i love that you had the balls to say you know what this is my favorite one or the best one i've seen so far that didn't scare me because i really don't disagree with that yeah. um okay, i've been trying on. to fight it like a good <laughs> a good war in my head about oh well empire or return of the jedi and that that might just be nostalgia i was just thank you for the word <laughs> i was just gonna say that word yes and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with loving something just because you used to love it. Right. But if I'm objective about it, I'm like, you know what? This one is better. Just if for no other reason, it's because I love that they created all these very rich characters. Mm. And they had every reason to be like, you know what? We're going to stash these guys away for another spinoff franchise. But they didn't. They just demolished them all. Yeah. And I have just a great amount of respect for being able to to do that, to discard Rich characters like that. So
0: Donnie Yen and who is his bodyguard? Uh, Boz. Boz. Ba- uh, okay. Wen Jian. Wen Jian. Okay. It's so great. So, so they have the um, uh, Gareth Edwards has the wherewithal to develop two characters that are so connected that when one of them dies, you almost hope the other one does because you know he'll be in pain Mm -hmm. if he doesn't and normally that's reserved for main characters uh, or you know like even supporting characters or whatever rarely is that i mean these guys don't you don't even see these guys until at least a third into the movie right and all of a sudden by by the end of the movie you're like devastated that that they die you know that one of them dies Mm -hmm. and 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 it it affects you because you can see they've they've really ingrained in how connected they they are to each other
1: absolutely and i really love that after donnie yen dies i can't remember his character's name Mm -hmm. that this whole time he's been kind of preaching the gospel of the jedi and boz has been mocking him but after he dies he accepts what he was mocking because he loved his friend so much yep he's like you know what I'm game. I'm on board now. We have nothing else. Um, It was important to you. So now it's important to me. And I love that camaraderie, that, that esprit de corps or whatever you want to call it. Like there's just something in there whenever you're in the trenches with your, with your brother in arms and you see what he gave up and gosh, there is no limit. Yeah. There is no limit to where your love for someone can take you even into the realms of, a faith or a belief system that you completely disagree with. Absolutely. And I just, I think that's so good and so accurate and not only in terms of war, but uh, I think it's just good storytelling to, to acknowledge humanity and, and the, the nature of people and the way you work. Cause it's not always this very logical, consistent thing. It's we're emotional beings yeah, and it's okay to, to represent that in these soft, uh, delicate ways. And so
0: speaking of representing things in soft, delicate ways, how about the representation of the force throughout this movie? Um, it's done in such a delicate way. Like in all of the original ones, it's all about the force. That's all they talk about. And it's just, that's it. Use the force loop. You know, da, da, da. In this one, it's so sparingly put. She only says it, I think, when Rogue One takes off. Like, I don't, I don't remember any other time where she says May the force be be, except, okay, she either says it then, or she says it when they're, when they land and they're about to go out hmm. of the ship on the, yeah, you know, I can't yeah even on, the, on the planet. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but, so she only says it then. So the, the driving for the driving force, quote unquote, pun intended of the force is Donnie Yen. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. Mm-hmm. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. And he is so deep in it. He's, he he believes in it with all his heart and soul that he can walk through gunfire to the, the switch and pull the switch, right? So it shows the power of the force just by believing in it just in this one moment. I mean, like, yes, he's a badass and he, and he's, yeah. you know, just like awesome. But in that moment he's helpless and, and it's, but he's, he's just completely given himself to the force. And it's, I, I love that it's so sparingly put through throughout the whole yeah. film. Uh, and I love how, I mean, I, I just identify with that, with that a lot because I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm, I'm religious, but I'm spiritual. Right. Mm-hmm. So, this, the way this is, the way that they use the force is very much the way that I, I feel in my life. And so that's why I identify with it a lot. It's, it's, there is a higher power, whatever that is, you call it God, Allah, whatever. And if you are able to believe in that and tap into that, there's so much more that you can do. You're so much more powerful than you think. And they show that in just this, like 30 seconds of him doing this, you know, like walking to the switch and making it there. And it, it's just, it blows your mind. And then he got killed. Yeah. By a bomb, (laughs) by, by, yeah, by a bomb, but he didn't get shot the whole time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. but Yes. (laughs) Because I'm I'm not right. I'm not a very religious person at all. Um, And so for me watching that, I, That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it in those terms of, you know, he's, he's getting a benefit out of it, um, et cetera. I've always just kind of looked at it as like, yeah, this is kind of what I deal with in Texas. Yeah.
0: So, so then you're the Wen Yan and I'm the Donnie Yen. This is true. I'm fine with that. (laughs) I'm totally fine with that. Uh, If I was, if I woke up tomorrow and I was Donnie
1: Yen, I'd be pretty, pretty darn happy. I'd give you that any day. You know, (laughs) badass yeah so switching to the more technical side of things yeah there's a lot of cool things that I think they're doing in here. I really like the lighting actually they there 's a lot yes. of just this soft lighting, but it 's also really motivated. They have all these fixtures uh, light fixtures built into the set itself, right? Your spaceship is casting all this light, and even if that 's not where the actual light is coming from that 's lighting their faces that 's what you would call motivated lighting uh, because you can see the light in the in the in the frame in the picture and you can also see the effect of uh the lighting hitting someone's face and to do that gr- helps immerse you that much more into the world because mm. you you stop thinking of this is a movie and you start thinking well this is just the way the ship interacts with people uh, yeah. this is the way you know the world the sun works and particularly the way they lit space i'm not sure i'd have to go back and rewatch. The originals, it's been a while, but I'm not even sure they did it as well in the originals. The The lighting in, in here was so motivated because you have this hard lighting on ships. And if you don't know how light works, the, the smaller the light source is, the harder the shadows are. And so just think about a clear sunny day. If you're standing outside, not a cloud in the sky, beautiful blue sky, and... the the light is going to give you these really dark, hard shadows. Like your nose, right, is going to cast a shadow on your face. Even just uh, think about at sunset, whenever you get those long shadows against the ground, that's because the sun, while it's a very big light source, you know, relative to where we are in the sky, it's very, very small. And so it's this small light source, is putting out all this light that's creating these hard shadows. Whereas if it's a diffuse day, right with all this cloud, all these clouds in the sky. Now the light is be- effectively it's- all those clouds are your light source. Yeah. It's dispersing all the light in all these ways that softens the light against your skin. Now in the process you lose some saturation, but in space you don't have clouds. It's just the sun from millions and millions of miles away. And so the way they're lighting these ships against each other is it's perfect. It's beautiful because you have these very hard shadows cutting across each other as they're passing one another. And it's just very realistic. And I bet it's really tempting to do some extra trickery with, Oh, well we want to pretty it up a little bit and it didn't look like they were tempted to do that. They stuck very much with, with the science of space and light. And so I just really appreciated all the various ways they took care of the lighting in here because it's very real world. It's very grounded and it adds up, you know, to a really great immersive experience. But as opposed to what they were doing in, you know, Warrior here, the camera movement, I thought was really cool because they stay in the mediums quite a bit and they stay in uh, medium wides or wides. There's very, very few close ups. And there's a lot of filmmakers who like to do this, Save the close ups for emotional moments. And they do that. Absolutely with this film throughout you see very very few close-ups until it's an important moment Someone's about to say something or they're thinking or feeling or seeing something. That's really important So what they do instead is a lot of controlled subtle movement There's these tracking shots as someone's walking from point A to point B Uh, There's a lot of handheld shots, especially towards the end when you're in the war Uh, all those handheld shots begin to sell the effect of war uh, because it is a very erratic and, and involved moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no time to set up anything. And so there's all these tracking shots. There's all these movements. There's very few locked-off shots where the camera is just on a tripod and it never moves. Uh, there's at least going to be some panning and tilting going on. I love that because I think that's where a lot of the cinematic grandiosity comes from, from the cinematography. It's not only all this incredible set design which certainly doesn't hurt you know but whenever you have just this constant bits and pieces of movement and you have one scene that has you know 10 or 12 camera setups that begins to paint a picture I'm in a movie right now and so there is that that feeling of I'm watching something big and impressive and it's done through controlled subtle movements and to really polish it off the transitions and this is going to go into what you were talking about at the top with as you're watching a ship leave it's not just a ship leaving the port you see it take off right you see the uh the guy flagging it and then so you're seeing it leave the port but you see it leave the atmosphere and then you see it leave the solar system and you're just it gives you like three or four moments of transition just for the ship leaving and that Contributes so much to the rhythm and the pacing because you have these moments of action followed by a breath and transitions. Uh, you get these nice establishing shots. You see the planet and the planet's name, and it maybe gets its own music. And you get a beat of just settling into this new location that we're at. And then sometimes you even get a wide of the area that we're in on the planet itself.
0: Yeah, you I, know, I don't think the originals did that. I think that they just like okay, now we're on another planet
1: and go yeah go, yeah that's interesting (laughs) that's how that's how it feels um at least in my memory Mm -hmm. um and so you have these beautiful effects that transports us and grounds us in the world because it's not just enough to be like oh cut to desert we're on a planet show us the planet and make it a really good planet right but show us the planet from outer space and now we get a sense of you know the climate the geography of the planet and then cut to that nice wide shot of the city and then cut to Oh, this is where our people are now. And so doing that gives us a great sense of relief, right? Okay. We can take a breath. All this crazy stuff just happened. And now let's see what else is going on. And it takes a lot of confidence to do that because it can feel as a filmmaker, whenever you run into these things, you're like, am I creating a lull right now? (laughs) Am I losing my audience's attention? Uh, But they reward you, right? They're giving you these beautiful visuals and you're seeing cool things Jumping in and out of hyperspace, and that's just that's just great. That's great filmmaking, I think.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: And the other thing that, in terms of, I guess, set design and cinematography, is a lot of the images and textures seem very planned out. If you look at the rebellion, uh, a lot of their coloring is matted. It's very flat. It's not super high contrasty. Right, you get these yep. neutral and earthy tones that. That makes sense because if you're in a rebellion, you want to blend in easier. You want to disguise easier with your surroundings.
0: It's scratches.
1: It's dirty. It's dirty. And it's like their own camouflage yeah. that they're wearing on a planet is by wearing these crappy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And by contrast, right, you have the Empire who seem to have a lot of really glossy and reflective things. I mean, not excessively so. But, I mean, Stormtroopers are nothing but glossy white things. Um, Vader is one big glossy white thing. That's true. (laughs) Or black thing. Black thing. So that seems to be their color palette, too, is black and white with shocks of red. And so they have a much higher contrast in terms of coloring and their environments. Uh, They're very stark. It's it's useful, right, to being able to pick out who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Uh, So storytelling-wise, it makes a lot of sense to do that. Uh, but then also, in terms of effects, I think it helps a lot because now you've you've set this palette, you've set this visual tone for each party so that when we're, we're on the Death Star or we're talking to Vader, he's blending in with his environment that much easier because we're going into this close-up, and it's Vader in his glossy glory. Mm-hmm. And then as we cut to a wide, a lot of those shots interior uh, of ships are visual effects. I mean, I don't know how much of those ships that they actually built out. Uh, it's a lot of green screen, and mm-hmm. they have certain pieces, right? The chair is going to be a physical piece. Uh, some of the, the decking, and some just of the build console. It around them. Yeah, but okay. I would say a good 75%, 80% of those sets were green screen, wow. or probably blue screen. I think blue reflects a little bit better in skin tones mm. than, than the green, chroma green. Yeah. Yeah. So that whenever you're lighting it, you get some of that spill, that light sometimes spills onto your actors. And, uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass to, to correct that in post. Yeah. So using blue blends a little bit easier onto the skin, Wow. but still easy enough to pick out in post as a, like, oh, okay, we can scrape all this blue out and insert our effect. But it was just really impressive because it kind of goes back to what I was saying in a previous podcast the wides are for your visual effects, all your CGI, put those into the wides, but in the close ups, use the practical effects, build things. Yeah. You know, build a costume and that way you're fooling the audience because those transitions don't feel jarring. Mm-hmm. Uh as opposed to something like Transformers where they just didn't build anything. They were like, Or any up.
0: of the of the first three. Yeah.
1: The <laughs> right. you know the the
0: not the first three, but the first three. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Absolutely. They didn't build anything. In this one, they built a lot. There's a lot of stuff. They built a lot of like um uh like the tanks and stuff in the on on the, right. the plant on mm-hmm. Jeddah. And uh uh I I loved where what's his name? Force Whitaker was, was staying, that whole that whole like in in the mountain. Yeah. That whole fortress kind of kind of place. Super cool. Was awesome. Um uh my favorite part my favorite part of their effects was the the, the death ray. The effect of the death ray. Especially when Forrest Whitaker gets it with that huge boulder that was like the size of the mountain was just yeah. rolling at him and he pulls out his, his uh his hose and then it just rolls him over. Like it was just beautiful.
1: Yeah. It felt enormous and inescapable. Yeah. And I think
0: just, it was moving so slow.
1: The physics were incredible. There, yes,
0: right? it really was. Cause it was so far away. So it was going to look like it was moving slow, but it really, in reality is super fast.
1: You know what I bet they studied is, uh, volcanoes. Yeah. Volcanoes yeah. look like they're just going super duper slow. And that goes to the idea of scale to us flies move incredibly fast they're they're incredibly tiny animals or insects but to to them we look like we're just moving incredibly slow yeah and that's i guess that would be general relativity i don't really know scientifically what what that would fall under mm-hmm. but it seems like it all of that takes into account and when you're dealing with these huge moving things that happen i don't know it looked like it was probably a couple miles away where they struck it takes a little while to get to you and it looks like it's just moving incredibly slow. Yeah. And I just die over it that. Man. So yeah, it's just beautiful.
0: It's yeah. just so beautiful.
1: And so, I mean, even on that note, I, they do such a great job of grounding all of this world. The, uh, the technology itself is old and dated, right? It yeah. blends in pretty seamlessly with the original star Wars without really screaming at, at you like, oh, look, you know, this is original Star Wars. Instead, they're just saying this was the technology that, that they were using. For whatever reason, um, this is what made sense and is what was easy uh, to help their pilots, uh, you know, is tracking a kill shot or whatever. yeah And so the rest of the world, too, is just dusty. It's like a Western. It feels like we're in a bit of a Western um, with the data technology, the travel going from place to place and being hunted down. Uh, In a lot of ways, it felt like we're in a bit of a Western. And despite everything, all the crazy visual effects, it doesn't scream special effects because of how well they ground it. And Mm -hmm. instead, what they're doing is focusing on the story, um, the character depth and motivations. And I was talking to uh, our friend Justin, and he was saying, there's no character development at all. And that's, I mean, largely true. There's not a ton of character development. Instead, it's relying a little bit on the history and knowing the menace that's coming towards us, but also on the idea of that this is a war movie. You don't always get a lot of character development in war films. Mm-hmm. You're, you understand this is a situation, and these are the people involved. You get to understand their motivations, but not necessarily get to see where they came from and yeah. um, all the details of their life, because those things aren't really relevant. So he didn't like it? he wasn't a fan of this film. Wow. He was the first person that I met and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I mostly let him do all the talking. So, you know, I apologize if it sounds like I'm just rebutting you (laughs) without giving you a chance to rebut. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, that's how you get to win conversations.
0: You just don't let the other (laughs) person talk. (laughs) we've been
1: been doing doing it it wrong. (laughs) I
0: was just going to say, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. Thanks for interrupting me. (laughs) Saying it for me. Uh, Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm a little, a little surprised, but I guess I could, I mean, I could maybe see that just because they're so focused on the story, but I just, I, I just, for whatever reason identified with, there are these little moments that they do give every single character. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's not as much character development as, you know, a, some other movies that are twice as long because they need to be to develop all of these characters. This movie would need to be at least an hour longer to do that in, in a way where someone would say, yeah, they developed these characters, but they give them all their moment. I mean, even the droid, Hmm. which, you know, you're sad that he dies, you
1: know, or that he gets destroyed or whatever. But like even him, he has his moments. I think they use it to their advantage. Because if you'd gotten too much development on Cassian, then it kind of spoils the mystery of what's he going to do next, right? How is he going to respond to this? Is he going to kill, you know, Ursos' dad? Is he is he really even on her side at all? Is he on the rebellion side? Like, there's there's all these moments of mystery surrounding him that, from the moment we were introduced to him. He kills his he own kills boy. Like, yeah. He's like, bump it, like I gotta go. And I really appreciate that. There's a that does create a, a great degree of mystery. The only person we're ever really sure of is Jen, because we get to see where she came from, and even that still leaves mysteries later on because we hear some of her backstory. Oh, she was the best soldier in Sal Guerrero's uh war. But she didn't care. She's like, This isn't my war anyway. Like yeah. I'm I'm I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, and so I think they use it to their advantage. I would agree that there isn't that much development, but I think it's less important in this film because we're on a trajectory and the film paces itself well enough that you're never thirsty for more bits of knowledge because, like you said, you do get these moments. Yeah. And that's maybe all we really
0: need. Right, <laughs> I think so. And I I actually liked that... Um, <laughs> I actually liked that Cassian kills that guy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It harkens back a little bit to when we first meet Hans. Absolutely. You know, in the original, he was the one that pulled the trigger first. And they changed it. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> they changed it when they realized, oh, that makes him a bad guy mm-hmm. if he's the one that pulled the trigger first. So and all this, it really
1: does is make you a wise guy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, he, and so maybe that's a little homage to the original Yes, absolutely. You know, of just letting him do that. Because, like, you know, there there's no beauty in war. No. Right? And, and so even the good guys have to do really difficult, bad things sometimes.
1: Absolutely. No, they kept true to the original. I mean, the textures, the tech. Uh, they created all this continuity from an older era. Uh, so this has a feel of an older film, even though I think this is the first Star Wars. No, it's I always forget about the uh, the prequels. I was about oh. to say this is the first one shot on digital, but it just wasn't. Oh
0: my
1: god! <laughs> but you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think they they did a great job of connecting those, and that wasn't the only homage, right? They also had the the inside joke of never tell me the odds, um, uh, yeah. which is a pilot's response to a robot who's built on calculating things, yeah. statistics. Yeah. Um, and in this case, that was just robot's specific job was to calculate war statistics and survival statistics. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that harkens back to Han and C-3PO. They also have the, uh, I've got a bad feeling about, you know, quiet, shut up. You yeah, And I mean, the humor itself is really great because it's always dry. It's always incredibly sincere. It's never embellished. It's never pointing at, oh, I'm making a joke right now. It's, right. it's just flat and it's there. You're either going to laugh or you're not. I mean, we recognize it as jokes, but. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit
0: like the original. The yeah. original is pretty dry, yeah. you know, like in its humor.
1: Yeah. yeah. I would say Han was the only one who could get away with kind of being wry about his, his humor. Yeah. But it just kind of played into his whole scoundrel nature anyway. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I think if you create a period piece, Set it properly in the period, right? The clothing, the hair, the technology, the holograms, the ships, the guns—all of that is set incredibly well. Um, and in this case, we're looking at a war film, and they do a great job of incorporating all these war textures because you have their vests, their helmets—they're all kind of reminiscent of maybe a Vietnam or a World War II, and even some of the moments in the in the war itself, right? Uh, that first contact in Jeddah, as I like to call it um you have the little girl crying in the market when the battle breaks out yeah it's incredibly real and jen responds to that she's she's she gets a moment to you know demonstrate that she's a good person um and that she's not heartless and risks her life for you know the little girl and she saves her but the nature of the way they shot that because that little girl is wailing and she's alone she's very deserted but you still have the chaos of all the explosions and the gunfire going on around you and people dying left and right and they sell that so that you feel like oh there's a little bit of trauma that kind of kicks in like oh my god yeah um this girl could go down um until jen you know sweeps in but throughout the film people die It's not ships exploding, but we see humans getting shot or getting blown up. And so there's a very strong sense of humanity. Even uh, whenever they're attacking whatever that dark and rainy planet is that uh, Mm -hmm. Urso's dad is hanging out on, Mm -hmm. you see this uh, explosion from, a. I think, a ship crashes into the building. And it's not just the ship crashes and there's an explosion. They cut to the inside and get to see the soldiers reacting and covering Fearing for their lives, right there, and it's just maybe like a ten-frame cut, but it sells the humanity that's at stake here. There are real people on the other side of this war, yeah. and so that you never feel like, oh yeah, it's just a good guy, a good guy, or uh, getting a bad guy, you know, to die. It's always someone just died here, and these are real people. They have real reactions, um, but they also, I really love the uh, the blend of cultures that are rebelling against. You know, it just feels very world war because you have tons of different people coming together to stop an empire, uh, to stop the encroachment of all of these people who are hell bent on taking over, uh, nations fighting together against a power hungry force. The uniforms are incredible, man. I just think they're so tactile. Uh, And they just look realistic in terms of usability, right? Mm -hmm. You could see grenades being hung from some of those straps. And it feels like these were all designed based off of very real world things with the exception (laughs) of the stormtroopers. I will say that there are two cringe moments that in this film and I mean, a lot of films, but going back to the master switch, that's always a cringe moment. It's such a generic Thing That's like, oh, this goes into the screaming exposition into the wind Mm. uh, thing that you see see films do over and over again. Like, you have to throw the switch or we'll never. Which is in this
0: random, very, very hard to get to place.
1: It's not on the wall next to you. Right. And it's just this big thing that may as well just say master switch written in front of it. Right. And what does that mean? A master switch? Like, that's just such a generic uh, MacGuffin. It's like, oh, we need this thing to propel the plot forward uh, and to get people to sacrifice themselves. Okay. I guess. I mean, I just wish there was a little bit more clever way to insert that specific necessity into the world. But the other thing that kills me, and this goes way beyond just Star Wars, but they do it really poorly in this one, too. Soldiers with helmets can't take a punch or a hit from a stick? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) They're just getting whacked over the head and knocked out cold. Why are you wearing helmets at all? Yeah. You might as well just be naked. Like, you're getting punched in the face. That should just make you laugh. And, like... Pull your cat! Like, <laughs> what are you doing?
0: That's a that's a really good point. It's yeah,
1: wildly frustrating.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah, and so, but there's this that happens in so many of these big budget blockbuster films. The Marvel suspension of
0: disbelief in that moment. Is yeah, that we're going it to kills
1: yeah. me because if you're the empire, why are you training these soldiers if they go down so easily? Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's why you have, you need so many. But, yeah, right. But it just strains credibility to say, "Oh, we have soldiers. Those aren't soldiers. Those are they're just human dummies. Yeah, that are incapable of doing their job." Mm. And so, yeah, that just that destroys me because I think of our soldiers and all the training they go through and how effective they are in the field. And I just can't imagine any of our guys going down yeah, no. like that. No, and they don't have these full blown helmets right. that can withstand the pressures and, and suction of space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a big stick, man. That's true. That's true. And he's Donnie Yen. Yeah. I
0: mean, dude, if Donnie, Yen, I don't care. I could have a football helmet on and, and like, you know, a, a big mattress wrapped around me. He hits me with a stick. I'm going down.
1: And I, I might just fall for the sake of like giving him one. I'm like, you're Donnie Yen. I'm just going to, I'm going to fall over now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see where this goes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But going back to uh, the sacrifice, I think it works. I mean, they, they everyone sacrifices, but it works because we understand the stakes. You yeah, know, we yeah. understand why they're sacrificing and they understand why they're sacrificing. It's not just doing it because it's a climactic moment. It's there's something much bigger at stake. And if we don't do this now, then we're going to end up dying later and it doesn't really matter anyway like yeah it doesn't make sense to not sacrifice at that point uh and the need for someone to sacrifice becomes that much more powerful because everyone's on the same level of i want you to sacrifice or i don't want to see you die but i want to see this movement this moment succeed yeah and that's crucial man storytelling wise
0: yeah and and so it it adds what it does is it adds weight to the necessity of those plans, mm-hmm. right? It adds weight. It makes it that much more vital. It makes that scene of of the guy handing the 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 plans through the door as Vader kills everybody. It makes that scene that much more suspenseful because you don't want want Urso to die in vain. You don't want Cassian to die in vain. You don't want all those guys who are on that planet to die in vain? Uh, you want the rebellion to to be victorious, to win. You you know you you don't want it to all to be for naught, right? And two two more seconds. If he would have held on to that for two more seconds, it would have been yeah. And but if they hadn't died, if they were if they were you know they gotten off the planet and they were safe, then there could have been another attempt you know it might not be the end whatever if if they didn't get through so it wouldn't have been so strenuous of a of a moment they had to die had to they
1: had to it it would have been a really crappy movie if they hadn't and it was great because everything you just said is 100% true and it follows on the tail of watching them die you just watched them sacrifice yeah. everything yep and then at that point I in my watching the movie I'm like Oh, man, I guess that's credits. Oh, crap. No, there's more. We're not done yet. Yeah, exactly. We got to get away with it. Yes. And so even after that, all the people who showed up, they were still sacrificing. Yes. They didn't know they were going to. I Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but it became necessary and it all culminates just dovetails beautifully with uh, A New Hope. Yeah. Seeing Carrie and I thought the effects on her were great. Like, yeah. I bought it. I. I, I mean, look, you're it's not, not it's, flawless. It's we not, know. Yeah, yeah,
0: but pretty, pretty darn good. And you know what? I'm going to give him credit for just saying "f it." Yeah, we're going to we're going to digitize them, and because there's going to be nobody that can play them the same. No, you know, it's and too iconic. Just, it's too. It really is. Yeah. Um, her and the general. Yeah. The you know. Um, they just they needed to to do something to take a chance. And I think they did it better than, I mean, I'm trying to think of another movie where they did it better. Uh, I thought they did a really good job. I'm sure there probably is another movie.
1: Maybe I would say the, uh, No, I was about to say fast and furious where they imposed impose Walker. Whoa. But it's not, it's not as good. No, there's some bad moments in there. Um,
0: but, and and i i'm also giving them credit because i cried every time every time i saw her and and it's not like i was you know i yes i grew up watching star wars but it's not like i was like so right. you know enthralled with mm-hmm. with her um it was just i think the timing we saw it i think maybe a few days after she died Yeah. and maybe a week i don't know And uh, I think I just, that's stuck with me every single time. So every time I watch it, it's not just seeing her too. It's also knowing this is the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah. Like they just, oh, and then it goes into,
1: yes, uh, that's, it's just perfectly done. Because going in, once again, me avoiding previews, I didn't know what I was walking into at all. I didn't Mm -hmm. know this was taking place before A New Hope. And so oh. the whole time I was like, you know, where is this going? Where is this heading? Um, and then I saw—I think my, I got a clue in with one of the characters. Uh, it's a trap guy. Right. Um, but I started getting clues like, oh, okay, so this is probably sometime around the originals, um, and I couldn't quite place it. And then in that last moment, I think it finally clicked for me. I was like, oh, this is leading specifically into a new hope. And I—I I mean, don't get me wrong, I got that. It, happened before the destruction of the Death Star. <laughs> but right, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't sure like when and what and the specifics and if there'd be another movie leading mm, into it or exactly, something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh but seeing Dovetail in that way, I was just like, oh
0: man, it had to beautiful. impact you even more then. Jeez. Yeah. That's yeah. a good reason not to watch uh, right? trailers, guys. It gives everything away. It's like totally <laughs> uh, frustrating. Yeah. So Yeah, what would you give this
1: movie? Gosh, out of ten, out of ten, I would probably go an eight or a nine. I'm I'm caught. I'm I'm probably about an eight because I think there's still some extra depth and and layers that they could have gone to. Yeah, but
0: man, we have a very similar taste. I would say an eight as well. Wow. Yeah.
1: Nice. It's worthy. It's, I love it. I love the, the use of war and the textures and the, the, the grim reality that they bring to a science fiction movie depicting war. Because I, I don't know if I've ever seen any sci-fi or fantasy movie depict war in so realistic a a manner. Yeah. I mean, the closest I would be able to get is Lord of the Rings. Um, Mm -hmm. and both of those, both of these films are still pretty safe, right? They're PG 13. Mm -hmm. Part of me was, is like, I'd like to see the rated R version of this where Mm. Vader's using the force to literally rip people in half. Yeah, I know.
0: Totally. (laughs) I would. Maybe that'll be the next one. Yeah. Right. (laughs) God knows he could do it. Yes. You know, I mean. That's a man to be reckoned with. Uh, yeah, I, I just, um, I, I've always loved the way that Star Wars has depicted rebels as good guys. Yeah. It just throws everything, you know. If you, if you're really paying attention, it can it just turns your world upside down, you know. Like us as, as, go back to a little bit political. Us in this country, you know, it's like us saying um, that. Well,
1: yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. going to go down that rabbit hole, but. but I will say, like, you could pick any war, and if you were to be empathetic and say what is the best argument for the opposing side it can lead you to some interesting places because i think you could look at america as like yes we are defending our freedom and we're trying to protect american interests and american lives and but you could also look at it from the perspective of certain people across the ocean and they'd be like what we're not we weren't involved at all in this and Mm -hmm. suddenly you know my family is half my family got inadvertently killed in one of your bomb strikes. And now I hate you and I want to go after you. So you can empathetically, you know, see around the current, the corner and say, yeah, to them, they're probably rebellions and in the star Wars context and they're freedom fighters in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so looking, it's a, it is a really interesting way to, to view films and to, to expand your, your worldview and maybe your philosophy a little bit and say, Maybe there's a different angle that I could look at life through,
0: except for maybe World War II, uh, which is probably what this is. This has a little bit to do with. I
1: would say this is very World strong. We're the
0: rebels, and Absolutely. Germany is,
1: because they're they're donning all the German colors, right? Yeah. In terms of this is very black, and yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're wearing the, the and capes. the reds. Um, yep. Yeah, and so they are definitely donning the the German facades.
0: Yeah, but I see your point though yeah. in in. You know, in a in a lot of other yeah, conflicts, yeah. absolutely. You
1: can always just. There's say, always
0: another point of view. Yeah, you
1: know. Yeah, <laughs> not here. <laughs> <You're> right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: Any um, recommendations?
0: Yeah, uh, actually, I'm going to switch my recommendation. Ooh. I'm going to recommend another Gareth Edwards film, Monsters Two. Ooh. Not the first one. I've I'm, seen the
1: first one. I haven't seen the second
0: one. You need to go watch the second one. I will do. I that. think it's. I think it's better than the first.
1: Wow. Nice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a low bar, I guess. Monster was good. It was f- a fun, very low budget right film. He so. has a
0: budget for this one.
1: That's exciting. Yeah,
0: but it's still really raw and dirty and like very Star Warsy. In I that, do like a dirty
1: touch. T- t- I know you <laughs> do, brother. That's why I'm recommending Monsters Two. Nice. Yeah, I'm in. I'm going to recommend Joyo Joya New, Noel. I don't know how to pronounce Who? it. What? It's, it's French. You. It's French for Merry Christmas. Oh, okay, cool. And it's a World War One movie. And it's an incredibly interesting film because it does kind of what I was talking about in terms of presenting the various sides of a conflict. Oh. And it all culminates in the trenches of this one specific spot during World War One. I. I highly recommend it. I think people will be surprised and... Maybe even drop a tear or two. Hey. Yeah. I'll always like that. Me too. Oh, everyone likes a good cry. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't cry every Thursday. (laughs) So next week, tune in. uh, We're going to do the big Lebowski.
0: Oh man. This one's going to be fun.
1: I'm excited about it. I, I haven't seen this film that many times. I've probably seen it only two or three times. Oh, I know. Wesley. I know. Um, and so I've, I'm excited I've seen to it
0: probably a baker's dozen. <laughs> and uh, the the gentleman who's going to be joining us, Scott Graham, uh, has seen it probably double the, that many times. So I'm pretty sure he can nice. quote every single line of the movie, which so many guys probably can.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have a lot of reference just because of how popular it is. You're out of your element, Donnie. <laughs> so good. So oh, it starts this. i'm just gonna start yeah. throwing out
0: quotes during yeah. the,
1: the taping <laughs> maybe we'll just do a super cut of all the best quotes uh, oh yeah next yeah, week perfect but so tune in or and watch it in the meantime if you want a refresher or if you haven't seen it before and that way you can tune in and be like yeah i'm ready to go um don't forget to leave us a note saying what you would like us to uh to cover yep yeah
0: and rate us please
1: yeah how do they go about rating us todd
0: Oh man, what's the process? They have to go to iTunes and search for the Pestle podcast in the search field and then they can rate us and write a review. That's a lot of work, man. I know, but I don't know. Just call Apple. Tell them, tell them they got their stuff wrong. Something's going on.
1: Update your shiz, man. Yeah,
0: man. Jeez, Apple. Jeez, Apple.
1: Ash. And as a thank you, I wanted to read a couple, and we'll read a couple more next week, of reviews from our iTunes uh, podcast. This one from Joey slash Cat. Joey Cat. I'm always looking for a movie podcast, but it's difficult to stick to one as the tone or the info isn't to my taste. I am thoroughly impressed with the podcast and have binged through all the shows currently up. Appreciate you, Joey Cat, and also from next week, our host uh, or our guest host actually dropped us a, a review. Great story and production analysis. Uh, Pestle dives into really thought-provoking story and character analysis, but also gives great insight on how each film's production and direction, and it's not boring. Best of all worlds, keep up the good talk. Appreciate you, Zero Originality, slash Scotty Graham. Um, Success. So, yeah, you can always go to our notes at the dot com, slash Rogue One, uh, and drop us a note if you want to put in a suggestion for a movie we should cover.
0: Please do, because You know, we were talking about it earlier. It's a little bit like walking into a record store knowing what you want. All of a sudden, you have no idea. So we're just like grabbing at the wind. Like, what do we want to do next? All right, Big Lebowski, let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, So we're going to end it with a quote of the day. This one's by George Lucas, uh, the great George Lucas. A special effect is a tool, a means of telling a story. A special effect without a story is a pretty boring thing. Bazinga. But that word is not boring. That is not. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Until next time, this is Todd. This is Wes. Go watch some movies.